Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Yellow Card and welcome to the new season. We're on season two of the Yellow Card over here, season Prithia. And we're obviously, obviously going to have to start the pain with Lionel Messi. I think our, our, our first episode last year when we, we spoke about it, the Messi saga was in full flow and it's no different just this time. I know Barcelona are your favourite club. What are your thoughts on Lionel Messi and Barcelona? And before that, I, the pain, how are you? Hey, Chirag, what's up? And yes, sir. Uh... Of course, that's the very first thing we need to speak about in this season too. Yes, um, Lionel Messi and Barcelona, the long-pending divorce is finally, I think, done. And Messi has chosen PSG as his latest club. And uh, I think officially he has been announced as a PSG player today. So, it's a very dissatisfying kind of feeling right now. Because, yes, we all knew that he's going to move on from Barcelona at some stage. It almost happened last year. But this year, it seemed like both of them wanted to be at the same place and wanted the same things, but still couldn't make things work because of some La Liga rules due to the salary structures. I think the way the whole thing has happened is kind of uh, left a bad taste in my mouth kind of feeling. Done is done. So Messi moves on to PSG and PSG have probably the most attacking front three you'd ever see or the most threatening front three you'll ever see. Oh, absolutely. So on 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 the Barcelona part, I definitely think there's a bit of taste in, in everyone's mouth, especially Messi's because I fail to understand how before he went on holiday, there, there was just papers to be signed. And once he came back, uh, the deal was really couldn't be, you know, it couldn't go through because of La Liga rules. Quite frankly, if you're telling me that the president of Barcelona did not really know that along with Messi's uh, uh, wages, even after a pay cut, it, the, the salaries would account for 110% of their income or, or something to that effect, so to speak. And without Messi, it's 95%. It's not rocket science to do the math on that. That should have been calculated way before. And I'm sure that uh, Laporte would have probably known that way in advance. And having said that, I, I don't know how much is true, but I was reading one article which actually said that on the day where they announced Messi, Messi's departure, oh, he was actually, and by he, I mean the, the president of Barcelona Football Club was actually having dinner with Florentino Perez and the, the president of Juventus at one really uh, famous Barcelona dining outlet. So if, if that is true, then clearly he didn't feel any, any heartbreak in letting Messi go. And it's not about the heartbreak, but it's about how Messi was led on, I would think, which is wrong and how the people, everyone around the world, the fans of Barcelona Football Club were led on to believe that he's going to uh, stay at the club. When it comes to PSG, I think there could not be a, any better news. They've got Ashraf Hakimi on what, 60 million, whether it's euros or, or pounds, I think it's 60 million euros. The rest, good business done for free. Sergio Ramos, free transfer. Uh, Lionel Messi, free transfer. Ginny Valdan, Wijnaldum, free transfer. And Donnarumma, free transfer. Crazy, crazy attack. Having said that, it's a crazy attack provided Mbappe stays. Now, the, the, the president of the PSG Football Club has gone on record and said, uh, there's no excuse for Mbappe not to stay now because we all know he was very public about the fact that he wanted to win trophies. We've assembled an amazing squad over here. Now, now he really, there's no excuse. And on some level, I do agree over there. But it still remains to be seen whether Mbappe will sign a new contract or will just either make the move to Madrid this year 
or just wait it out without a contract and make the move and become a Galacticos the next season? I I think for sure, I mean, it's also in Mbappe's best interest probably to stay the one year and see out his contract next year. Obviously, he'll have the option to go for free and get a chance to play in this squad that they have built for this year. It is staggeringly amazing. I mean, just imagine the kind of quality, the kind of talent they have throughout the pitch, like from post to post. Every name is like a superstar in there. So it's it's truly uh, staggering. You have multiple Champions League winners, you have Euro winners, you have World Cup winners, everything in there. And that squad is just primed for super success. I mean, if they do not win everything that is there to be won for them, it'll be, it'll be a disappointment for PSG and all the players involved and the manager. And just imagine Pochettino at one... A couple of years back, he was fighting with Daniel Levy to get funds to just, you know, fill in gaps in his squad. And now he has all the world's best resources at his disposal. Uh, How life changes. Yes, how life changes and it changes very fast. So I agree with you. I would think that he's not going to sign a new contract just yet. Mbappe, he'll probably see how the year unfolds. Uh, Yes, they should win a lot of things. Having said that, remember that it's going to be another thing for all these players to come together and gel. So in their first season together, I'm not so sure whether they would. I I mean, it goes without saying I expect them to win the uh, French uh, League One. But whether they'll win the Champions league in terms of how they'll be able to gel there remains to still be seen. So it's go- it's definitely going to be interesting. I-, I think all of a sudden I want to watch all the matches for which PSG plays even even in the in the French league. So it- it's it's going to be amazing. Pochettino is literally spoiled for choice in terms of the riches he has and it I- I'm I'm glad for his sake because it- it- I believe he's a tremendous coach and uh, this is definitely his opportunity. That's for sure. Yeah, also, I mean, Ramos and Messi would not have imagined while playing for Real Madrid and Barcelona that they would end up on the same team uh, whenever. They would not have ever imagined that for playing for such bitter rivals and now in the same team. So, But it will be really fun how the dynamic unfolds within that team. There's so many superstars and it will be, yes, that, that is the big challenge to get that balance right, to get them all playing together. But otherwise, I think uh, no matter what, the individual brilliances will definitely be worth, worthy of uh, watching. Absolutely. And uh, I think that that probably conclu- concludes the first third of our show today when we talk about Barca, PSG and the Messi saga. Now moving on to the English Premier League. The pain a lot has happened in the Premier League as well. And why don't we start by talking about none other than the champions, Manchester City, what they've already what business they've already done, what business they potentially can do and how dangerous you think they will be this season. Just one question before we start that. Are we saying defending champions or are we just assuming that they'll be champions again? I I am going to answer in the affirmative for both. (laughs) (laughs) Because they've already got Grealish in. They are definitely touted to get Harry Kane in. Probably the first match is Tottenham versus Manchester City and probably the at stake is Harry Kane. Whoever wins that game probably gets gets to keep Harry Kane. That, that's the best way to settle this right now. But they are, if they get Kane with Grealish already on board and the kind of squad they already had last year, I don't see anyone stopping them from defending their title again this year. So, they've won it, what, three out of the last four years? And so, they'll they'll be, in my books, favourite to make it four out of five this year. When you talk about their favourites in your books, I think the favourites in most people's books, it'll take a very, very brave man to go against 
the odds for Manchester City not winning the league this year. Relish is a super addition and I'm pretty confident they're going to land Kane and that's just going to be a stellar attack. I think they're definitely going to win the Premier League and, you know, moving on or just going back a little bit to what we just spoke about. I, I think a dream Champions League final would be Manchester City versus PSG because it's going to be a crackerjack of a match and you can't even begin to imagine the craziness in my head. And God knows what will happen because there are going to be fireworks everywhere. Absolutely. There will be no excuse for either team to not win after the kind of players that they've got in. Even Manchester City, they've done excellently well last season with their defence. They've brought in attacking mid and a forward if Kane comes in. And there is there will just be no stopping Manchester City, I think. Let's move on to the next, uh, next challenger to Manchester City's uh, aspirations. Who, who is it going to be? Will it be Chelsea or Liverpool who will be knocking at their door? I think it's going to be Chelsea, actually. Uh, they have given Werner, Havertz and Ziyech a chance to settle. It's been a season. Uh, I'd be surprised if Werner actually does badly. I, un, unless they actually go ahead and sell him without giving him a chance this season. I actually think he can do really, really well. So can Havertz and Ziyech. Re- remember that, 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 that Havertz is also really, really young. Without them also, they still have a terrific squad in the fact that they actually have names like Pulisic, Callum hudson Don't forget Kante and Jorginho. Uh, they have uh, Mendy in goal. They have Thiago Silva who's come in and studied the defence and they've got a really, really good defence. Uh, Rhys James on one side. I, I, I mean, they're, they're, really, they're really, again, uh, on, on a certain level, completely, completely spoiled for choice over there as well. And uh, add to that, that they're very, very close to, if not having already signed Lukaku. I think, again, it, it, remember that that people don't need to beat Manchester City to win the, the, the Premier League. They just need to perform better on an all-round 38-game streak. So, it's not impossible to think that they can't do that given their strength as well. So, yes, uh, I'm definitely going to say that that it's a foregone conclusion that Man City are going to win. But uh, you never know. Chelsea can push them close. And certainly, I'll be surprised if Chelsea, uh, given the last six months that they've had, don't actually come in second. And and as we speak the pain, I think in a few hours, they actually are competing for the Super Cup against Villarreal. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea, ever since uh, Thomas Tuchel came in to Chelsea, they've, they've been on a different level. They've played really well, controlled games that they've played. They actually beat Manchester City in the final. So, they have that confidence going into this season, a final of the Champions League. So, they'll have that confidence going into this season that, you know, they can challenge for the top. And with the addition of Lukaku, they have a really good chance to, you know, pose a threat or a challenge to Manchester City. Absolutely. I I think I agree with everything you said. Now, for the last two places in the Champions League, Dupain, what are your thoughts? Who is going to take third and fourth and in what order? Because Uh, it seems that we are in agreement that that it's going to be number one Manchester (laughs) City and number two Chelsea. doesn't happen very often that we're we're in agreement on the top two spots. (laughs) Yeah, that's because Liverpool is there most of the time from your side. So... (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, the next two places also look like it's going to be Liverpool and United in that three and four fourth spot. 
Liverpool, of course, we're hoping that with Van Dijk coming back, that he he'll be at uh, full pace and that Liverpool will then play the way they played a season back. And they also have the addition of uh, Ibrahima Konate. So that definitely shows up the defense. I do think Liverpool have a little bit of a midfield issue right now with Wijnaldum gone and Henderson and Milner not at their prime. It might be a little little bit of an issue, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and watch. Absolutely. So I'm not in complete disagreement again. First of all, yes, third Liverpool and fourth United, just to be clear. But uh, I, I, I do think that... Uh, uh, I, I, I see what you're saying, but it remains to be seen how Thiago can shape up that midfield this season. He's had a few months in the Liverpool shirt. Also, if Henderson can remain un, uh, uninjured for majority of the season, it'll actually, again, make a big difference. Remember that that you still have the likes of uh, uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Curtis Jones. And mind you, be very, very careful because... There's a surprise in there called R.V. Elliott and he's going to start playing majority of those Liverpool games. That's what I feel. And there, you're going to have and see the difference because you have Curtis Jones, a youngster. You have Harvey Elliott. Then you're going to have the likes of Chamberlain and, and Milner and Henderson surrounding these people. And you're going to notice and don't forget Fabinho as well. So, I, don't, I, I think it'll take a brave man to say that we are actually... A light in the midfield. Yes, we need to figure out who's going to replace Wijnaldum. But we're not light in the midfield. And we've got Konote, Van Dijk, Matip's back, Gomez is back. We've got a good... And, and don't forget that Phillips and Reese williams did, did fairly well, actually. So, now we've got a whole barrage of centre-backs. I think we're good. So, uh, don't worry about that. Uh, the, the top line, front line, Salah Mane, Firmino... Jota and Minamino. I'm excited because Minamino's played some really good football preseason. Jota's back in the goals, whether it was for the Euros and in preseason as well. So I'm pretty excited about the entire lineup. I'm hoping that 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 Andy Robertson and oh, can't believe I forgot his name. Trent Alexander Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold. <laughs> thank you. Remain uninjured because they can wreak havoc on 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 the left back and right back slots, and obviously Becker in goal. So, I, I am very, very excited uh, about the, the, the team. The good part for me is that it's not really changed, which means that they should now, by now, have learned each other's ways and should be able to gel well. It didn't work out last season. I think everyone's had enough of a break. So, yes, while I would love to say that they'll compete for the title and my heart hopes against hope that that can happen for either, either, either you know, first place or second, uh, I think that I would be very surprised as well as very disappointed if Liverpool don't end up third. Uh, when it comes to United, um, I think that, again, they've done a really, really good job this year. They've got the likes of Varan in central defence to partner Harry Maguire. They've got, obviously, Henderson probably now the number one in goal. Uh, Shaw's done really, really well. So has Van Bissaka. They've got in... Uh, uh, they've got in Cavani. I mean, they have Cavani who's playing really, really well. Rashford will come back in three months. Lingard is staying at United. The addition of one and only Jordan Sancho only makes things go crazy in your head. Pogba, I don't like him, but whoever does, he's staying at United for now. So it seems for another season. So I think, and obviously Bruno Fernandes. So, guys, I think, again, United, I've just named a very, very exciting lineup. So, there's no guarantee that they're going to end up fourth. They could get, end up uh, a lot higher as well. Don't discount them. And obviously, Solskjaer is there to lead it all. So, uh, 
it, it seems exciting. I think this this year's Premier League is going to be just smashing. I can't actually wait for it to start because God knows who's going to end up where the pain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Manchester United, as you've mentioned, they've, they've assembled a squad. They've given Solskjaer an extension uh, on his contract. They've shown faith in him. They've got the Sancho deal finally done after, I don't know how many, two or three transfer windows of us talking about it. And things are looking good. I think the only, uh, for them as well, the only probably weak spot would be the probably the central defensive mid. Uh, uh, apart from that, I think they have everything to, you know, pose a challenge and, you know, be serious contenders, at least for the top four. I mean, I think they should be a definite in the top four, uh, given the potential. So, yeah, I think this is going to be an exciting uh, season from positions two onwards to six. Well, Devane, since you said two onwards to six, I'm going to pose the next question to you, the natural question. Who is going to end up in positions five and six? Um, is it going to be Leicester? They have a lot of injuries in defence at the moment. I don't think that they've recruited well enough. Madison, rumour has it that Arsenal want him. Do you think that they're going to get him? How are Arsenal going to perform? They've signed a couple of players. Ben White, though, to name one of them. They're, they're, they're after Odegaard as well, I believe. Though that remains to be seen whether that's going to fructify. And, and, and let's talk about Arsenal and uh, uh, Leicester along with... And, and then we'll get to, to, to the... The Spurs saga. So, how about how about where do you see see Leicester and uh, uh, your beloved Arsenal? Yeah, so I mean, Leicester should definitely be in and about the top uh, six, in and around the top four. Actually, because they they'll want to be in the top four. But yes, definitely, definitely they they'll be disappointed if they're not in the top six. They have the squad. They haven't really lost that many players. Yes, Madison uh, is being rumored for Arsenal, but yes, uh, and. We don't know whether they'll go through or no. It's far too early to say. Arsenal, on the other hand, are probably looking at that one position. So, it was either Odegaard or then Madison, one of the two. And Leicester, as always, do definitely have a team. It's the squad depth that lets them down every time. And which means this time also it will be that much difficult because they are in the Europa League and that competition does, you know, take take a toll on the Premier League chances of the of that team. So, both for Leicester and West Ham, that would be the scenario where, you know, it will be a difficult to cope. It will be difficult to cope up with the schedule of the Europa League and the Premier League. Absolutely. So, in five and six, what are your choices then? Five and six is Arsenal and Leicester. Arsenal being five? It definitely goes. There are a couple of signings which, if they happen, should definitely propel Arsenal up from eight to five. They've got a defender in Ben White, 50 million euro, 15 million pounds defender from Brighton. Should shore up the defense a little bit. They need an attacking midfielder. So that is where Madison or Odegaard, one of the two, which we are looking at. And you've seen the kind of season last season that Saka, Smithro, Pepe all had. As long as they are supported by Aubameyang's resurgence in form, I think things should be good enough for top five. Good luck because I say they're not going to be in the top six. Well, we had to disagree at some stage. But... <laughs> Very true. Unfortunately, <laughs> we've disagreed about your football club. But... Uh... Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think they're going to make the top six. Leicester, yes, they look good. They have a lot of injury problems in in, in the centre-back positions especially. But I don't think that... I agree with you. I don't think they've lost too many players. As long as players come back, uh, the, the likes of Evans and Fofana and Castagna 
I, I, I think that you're, you're going to be in a strong position if you're a Leicester fan. And I think that they should definitely be able to do the top six. Uh, other than that, I don't see... That, that's the thing with Leicester also, right? That every year they do either lose players through injury or transfers. And then the replacements come in and they perform such a great job that you, you don't realize that, you know, these guys have missing key players. But eventually it's the depth of the squad that lets them down. So Yeah, fingers crossed for them. I still like Brendan Rodgers as a coach from his time at Liverpool. I think that they should make the top six. Definitely no for Arsenal. I think that uh, they still have a lot of work to be done. So I think they're going to miss out on the top six over here. As our West Ham, who I believe got into the top six last season, if memory serves me correctly. So I, I think West Ham are also not really going to fall too close. For that matter, neither are Everton, who are now managed by another ex-Anfield manager, the one and only Rafa Benitez. And I'm going to keep close eye on that because I am definitely a Benitez fan. And uh, please... No one pull out any articles that I've written about him 10 years ago uh, when he was a Liverpool Liverpool uh, manager because uh, when it came to his time coming to an end, I actually was very, very, you know, uh, so to say, vocal about the fact that he probably should go. Uh, so anyone looks up the internet, I'm sure you'll be able to find those articles. So you, you never know the pain you'll have some Twitter post with, okay, you know what, he says he's a Rafa fan and then he said the man has got mad. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know what, things happen, things happen. So yeah, I don't think that Rafa ever matched it. He's going he's gonna to manage Everton. I, well, I, I, I have been a long time supporter of him, no matter what I had written about at, at that time because I felt his strategy wasn't great. Moving on, I think now to the Spurs saga because it took them ages to first of all find a manager. Nobody wanted the job. I think that's just says it all. Nobody, nobody, by the way, including me, did not want the job. <laughs> did not want the job. I don't want to work for Daniel Levy. Uh, obviously, that may change if he offers me a contract because nobody <laughs> else has so far. But but no, I, I, I mean, all, all, on a serious note, as far as at least if the rumor is to be believed, nobody wanted the job. Whether it was the Ajax manager Eric Ten Hag, whether it was whether it was the ex Roma manager, and you would have had Mourinho and uh, I, I believe that's Fonseca. Where you would have had Mourinho and Fonseca switch clubs. That that didn't. I, I think he wanted the job, but that didn't materialize. I, I think there were a lot of other names thrown in the hat. One of them again being Brendan Rodgers, who actually refused the job. And I, I, I mean, there's so many names. And and there's been so many rebuffs, even even from former manager Pochettino, that uh, I can't even remember because there were six or seven managers linked with the job, and none of them actually wanted it. And Antonio Conte is a, another one of them that I, I think they couldn't agree on the on the financial strategy and and things like that. Uh, after all, it came down to all of a sudden it was Nuno Espirito Sanchez de Bain. What do you think of that? Uh, uh, recruitment from a managerial perspective. How do you think it's going to go down with, I, I believe he's due for talks with Harry Kane on Monday. And I also believe that they've recruited, first of all, a new sporting director or something to that effect from, was, who's, who's ex-Juventus. And he has come in and brought in a, a goalkeeper on loan, which is the Atlanta goalkeeper, Pierluigi Golini. And how do you think that's going to go and fit in, considering that they already have Loris and Loris is captain of the side and they've also got in a defender in Romero. Again, I believe from Atlanta. I think Spurs always had the side. I mean, the last last year, I think the biggest frustration for everyone was that they have the side, they have the players who can play, but the coach wasn't allowing that to happen. Now that coach is not there, 
but certain players have gone so bale is not there anymore harry kane doesn't want to be there anymore so it's is going to be a tough challenge for nuno but he's done a good job with the wolves in the past and that experience of you know managing the players with a you know limited budget or a, within a limited range that could actually be very beneficial the kind of experience he's had at wolves to transfer that to tottenham right now because i don't see them spending big unless they are getting big money from harry kane and then decide to reinvest into other players if this harry kane uh, transfer happens much later in the transfer window then they might not have the time to even reinvest that immediately so it will then only go into the next transfer window or the next season so yeah i think it's going to be spurs seasons depends on whether harry kane stays or goes you know it's all, it's as simple as that i think fair point i'm going to go five leicester six spurs and arsenal out of the window just outside that six all right let's see we wait and watch what happens but yeah a uh, couple of other challenges then uh, aston villa and leeds what do you think of their chances actually both looking really really good leeds always play some exciting football i believe they got into the top 10 if i'm not mistaken last year as at 10th position and i think it's it's only going to be seen that uh, they're probably going to do really really well i think they've gotten a goalkeeper if i'm not mistaken but uh, no great additions that i can really t- think of for the top of my head uh and and please correct me if i'm wrong the pain but uh, uh having said that they look really really good they're an established uh, uh, you know gel they gel really well together they've got a good coach uh bielsa has been there now for three seasons this is going to be his fourth so i i think uh, a lot to look forward to from a leeds perspective villa good recruitment they've gotten leon bailey from bayer leverkusen they've got in more importantly the striking prowess of danny ings who's been in tremendous form the past couple of seasons for southampton uh yes you can't exactly replace grealish but they're looking really really solid so uh, i think again you're right those two are contenders uh, for for that sixth spot don't discount west ham either out of this and uh, it's going to be interesting because uh, let's see what everton do what arsenal do Uh, from from probably 6 till 10 or 11 it's going to be very very interesting yeah absolutely i mean there is there is uh, as we've always said that the english premier league is a very very competitive league and so you know there are always there is always a lot of competition for this middle of the table spots especially and i think yes leeds uh, it'll be interesting to see how they cope with the second season syndrome so to say uh, we saw how sheffield did well in one season and then couldn't match up after that uh, aston villa again will be interesting to see how they cope without jack relish because till now last couple of seasons i think their entire game has been focused around jack relish building the team around jack relish so that will be also definitely very interesting to see west ham european pressures plus no jesse lingard they'll find it a little difficult on that front to cope with it but yes we've seen they had uh, in the early part of last season they did not have lingard but they were doing fantastically well even then so they'll definitely be in and around those uh, spots so i think a lot of quality there a lot of good games that we'll be able to enjoy absolutely the pain and before we call it a night one thing that i'm going to leave you with which uh, probably you know i'd want to know and so would everybody else is who do you think is going to go down this season bear in mind that watford norwich and brentford are the three that have come up and i believe that norwich and watford have only missed a season out of the premier league and just come right back up and uh, yeah surprise surprise brentford there too so what are your thoughts and where do you think that these three are going to be able to 
stay up or will it be them going back down or someone else uh, it's going to be fairly interesting to see what happens but like you said i mean Nor- norwich and watford both missed only i think a season or two at max out of the premier league and they they are back again so see last time norwich came back they they came into the premier league they said you know we'll play the way we play we don't need new players we don't need you know fresh investment or changes and we'll just stick to the same and they started off well but then couldn't match up or couldn't continue that start and they went down so it's uh, if they come in with a similar mindset i think it's going to be a similar fate but i think they they are investing in a few players they've lost a couple of players but then they they are getting a few players to shore up their weaknesses brentford is a very interesting story uh, it was a small time club this guy who's a local there he came in and he invested money into it took, took over the ownership and it's kind of the money ball story where you know just pick players for positions not too have no superstars no investing heavily on a few players just building a good squad around playing to the strengths and limits and they managed to come up to the premier league so that that's a very interesting story i doubt however that they you know managed to it'll be very difficult it's it's a difficult job to stay in the premier league we've already mentioned 10 or 11 clubs that are you know fighting for the top 6 spots so uh, it gets very difficult at the bottom end to you know separate anything but over last year from last year i think uh, even brighton was struggling they did not manage to you know they only stayed i think 7 or 11 points clear something like that from the bottom 3 so they they'll have to be careful newcastle will have to be careful as well they were saved last year from some heroics from Joe Willock let's see if they can continue that form it, it, it's kind of going to be very tight for those bottom three places i think whoever wants to survive will have to give absolutely everything to the league this year agree with you but you've still not given which three you think are going to go down the pit okay so i think uh, it'll be uh, the three that have come in this season so brentford what for norwich and uh, probably between uh, southampton and brighton so three out of those five i'm giving you the bottom all five all right all right okay i i i'm going to say that brentford and norwich are definitely going down okay and then i'm going to give you if you want me to pick a bottom five i'm going to go with uh, burnley brighton and watford southampton will not be in the bottom five Okay. I think we've spoken about almost everyone except uh, Crystal Palace, isn't it? Who have no Anvils by the way, both and have Wolves. new managers, yeah. remember? Yeah. So Crystal <laughs> Palace actually have Patrick Vieira, but they're Vier. losing a lot of players. I think they need they need to sign a lot of players uh, somewhere out of contract. Uh I for now Zaha is very much with them, so let's see what happens. Wolves new coach, they've done it before, they continue to do it. Raul Lemines should be back, so it's going to be interesting. uh i would see both of them depend we've not spoken about them because uh they're not in the top half of the table and they're not in the bottom five that's why we've not spoken about them <laughs> yeah, exactly i think they're they're in the kind of in the no man's land uh, kind of position where you know they're not really challenging for anything substantial uh, it will be about uh, you know just making small gains for both those clubs absolutely the pain and i think with that we've actually rounded up what we think is going to happen in the premier league this season it's been exciting i'm really elated to be back i can't wait for the season to start it kicks off this friday night i believe so everyone tune in this friday and we'll see you on the other side next week 
with all the drama and action as it unfolds this weekend in the Premier League. Thanks everyone for listening. Cheers and good night. Thank you guys. Cheers. Thank you.